You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation on Facebook at hashtag America's Healthcare Challenge or like our page at facebook.com backslash America's Healthcare Challenge. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Thanks so much for listening. Just enough time to get into some of the stories catching our attention. And like we previously reported a couple of weeks ago on the AstraZeneca vaccine getting a pause. Here in the United States, Johnson & Johnson getting a timeout to maybe a week. Let's listen to what Dr. Fauci had to say on how long this might last. Advisory Committee and Immunization Practices, but I believe this is going to take days to weeks as opposed to weeks to months. So I think we're going to be hearing about a decision pretty quickly. I don't think this is something that's going to drag out they did the pause because as we saw first one two three then four and then six albeit as rare as it is as you just said quite correctly and appropriately you know less than one in a million nonetheless as you said out of of an abundance of caution they want to take a quick pause take a look at it see what's going on see if there are any more details and then that's it but i think it's going to be a matter of days not not a major impact on um being billed as somewhat of a game changer just because of the fact that it's the one dose. But what we found was that six rare cases of blood clots in women and one death have found uh, this is out of roughly a million people, this causing the vaccine to be paused. And uh, other countries like South Africa looks like they're doing it. There's no proof yet to find the link between the blood clots and the vaccine. But as they said, they, they think they should err on the side of caution and look into that investigation more. We're going to post a link in the show description uh, of another story on that. Another thing that caught our attention, a little bit different, but kind of obvious you would think, or at least they always tell us that these two things are linked, but execution is probably a little bit harder than um, we may think, and that is that frequent exercise showing clear links to good mental health. Um, the main motivation for those who stay active during the pandemic is to improve their mental health. So it might be something to think about if you're like one of the millions of people that are just kind of dealing with this COVID fatigue, kind of like I am too, just kind of feel blah. And when is this thing going to end? But uh, according to a study, and this is a, a Canadian study, they found 1,669 participants ages 18 to 29 um they found that uh, no access to exercise equipment or a place to exercise uh, really kind of had some negative effects. Other indirect story related to COVID-19, as you will, is um, air pollution has been linked to worsened COVID-19 outcomes. Those exposed to a lot of serious air pollution have shown an increased chance of contracting COVID-19, having intense intense symptoms, and some dying from it. That is a story here in medical news today. Another drug out there that kind of got, I guess, pushed to the side by some of these other ones is a company called Regeneron, and they have an antibody drug, uh, which is called a game changer for COVID-19 prevention. A new study finding that they're their antibody drug can reduce the risk of transmission by 81%. Uh, everyone, they're finding these they're, these are very encouraging, obviously. Um, they're highly effective at preventing the trans, symptomatic transmission of the coronavirus. 
and they say these things will be uh, especially helpful to healthcare professionals who now have another um, option to treat this. Uh, but it's a big, big um, news. 81% reduced risk of infection according to this trial with 1,500 participants who did not have the infection or antibodies or any other symptoms. And they were uh, share, they shared the same household as someone who tested positive in this experiment within the five, the five days. And they found that um, participants were randomized to be given either a dose of this Regeneron drug or a placebo. And that the findings were, quote, very encouraging and suggest it's highly effective at preventing symptomatic COVID in household contacts with those who have it according to Dan Baroch, who is the co-principal investigator at uh, vet, uh, Virology and Vaccine Research at Beth Israel in um, at the Medical Center. So I put that article on, on our page as well. Uh, all of these things seem to be pointing towards positive news for treatment of this virus, but it just seems to me that we can't seem to turn the corner uh, with all of the things that are happening, particularly with these variants. We've seen other European countries start to shut down. We've seen countries like Brazil really struggle with this as well. And it makes you wonder if we're going to see another shutdown happen in the United States. On the public policy side, one story that caught my attention because policymakers here in the United States have been taking a very active role in legislating around this pandemic most recently with the American Rescue Plan they're trying to do an uh, an infrastructure bill as well but one of the issues that we never talk about as as much as we probably should on this program are the uh, amounts of fraud waste and abuse in the system and CNBC found how criminals are jumping in on these programs passed by the federal government to take advantage of the system and proprietors alike. And uh, this story is a, a business in South Dakota that took out a paycheck protection loan, but recently found that another loan, which was the EIDL, which is the emergency loan, was taken out in their name as well. They found the application and it had incorrect information like their phone number for the business was incorrect. Uh, nevertheless, they were set to, to start having to pay that money back for a loan that they didn't even take, which was going to be $800 a month beginning in November. And so I think this is something that we need to continue to watch for as taxpayers because these one-size-fits-all massive pieces of legislation may sound good, but because of how large they are, they really open up the door for significant amounts of fraud, waste, and abuse in the system. Finally, I'm going to conclude today with an article from one of my favorite blogs, which is The Medical Futurist, Top 10 Dangers of Digital Health. Number one, regulating adaptive AI algorithms. And I encourage you to check out The Medical Futurist for this whole um, article. Number two, hacking medical devices remotely. These are all the dangers of digital health. We're talking about number three, privacy breaches by direct consumer devices and services. 
ransomware attacks on hospitals, technologies supporting self-diagnosis, bioterrorism through health technologies, AI, artificial intelligence not tested in a real-life clinical testing setting, electronic medical records not being able to accommodate patient-obtained digital health data, as in not being able to talk to each other, facial recognition cameras in hospitals, and health insurance, Dr. Big Brother. So those are the kind of the themes that he talks about. I would really encourage you to check out his website, which I'm going to post a link in. It's a really interesting website covering the future of healthcare. We're going to get more into that in depth coming up in our next couple of episodes when we're joined by some more contributors on this issue. Thanks so much for listening. I'm going to go ahead and post the stories that we're referring to. If you're into healthcare like I am and want to learn a little bit more, feel free to check them out. And feel free to check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge, and our website, edbellisinc.com, for our latest article on what you need to do if you don't have health insurance, what are some of the options you may have. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.